I'd known her for years. We used to go to all the police functions together. Oh, oh I loved her. But she had her music. I think she had her music. She'd hung out with the Chicago Mail Chorus and Symphony. Don't recall her playing an instrument or being able to carry a tune, yet she was on the road 300 days out of the year. In fact, I bought her a harp for Christmas. She asked me what it was. Episode 186. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. A liner? It's a short, funny sentence that's introductory, but that's not important now. Is Turge giving you any attention this week, Brad? No, and, and <clears throat> I wanted to ask him that question, you know, last week. Last episode. week he was ignoring you, yeah. Last week being this week, but the guy's I wanted on. to ask him why he doesn't like me anymore. Brad, no, he he does. He likes you quite a bit. No, he um, doesn't. He, you know, the first thing he says when Frank walks in is, Yes. Frank. The first thing he said to me today was, Yeah. Hot Wheels or <laughs> something like that. I don't know what's, I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> just just playing with his, Hot his, his Matchbox Hot Wheels track, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Hot Wheels, not... Brad, it's so nice to see you. Yeah. Well, he is three. I'll just say, I don't know, maybe he uh, maybe he likes enchiladas better than uh, uh, bread pudding. I don't yeah. understand that. Could be. that. I think he was calling makes... me white bread and you a Mexican. Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. 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 Now I got it. That makes perfect sense. Well, no, don't feel bad, Brad. <laughs> This explains, BB. this explains why he likes uh, Frank better than me, too. So, yeah. Say, uh, you got company there, brother man. You know, what can I say? I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to feel you're alone here. So you got plenty of, uh, you got plenty of company on that. Oh, I, I hate myself. Yeah. You don't hate yourself. Well, yeah, it wasn't a very good liner this week. And, you know, hey, at least you tried, Bucko. You tried, Bucko. No, I'm sorry. It was all right. No. I mean, it wasn't great, but you know what? Yeah, you're there. You're I getting was, there. I, you I just was, keep trying. I was trying. It just didn't work like it was supposed to. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, not everything could be a home run. I'm I'm harder on myself than you guys are on me. Yeah, no, you should that's be. Actually, you really should not, be. It's not true. It's not very good at go all. back and listen to the honest. show or something. In fact, we need to have a talk after the show. Okay. I was expecting this. Discount comic book service. It's a monthly... You can order monthly your comic books from this place. Have them sent to your door. It's awesome. Mail order comic book service. Save up to 37% on major publishers. No, that's that's the wrong percentage. Up to 40% on um, like Marvel and DC. There you go. Sometimes you get uh, 50% off specials. Like this month, uh, Batman The Return, number one. It's half off. You can get it for two and a half bucks. The Return? You mean yeah. The Return of Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, um, well, we'll talk about it afterwards. Keep going. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Volume 5, hardcover. Get it for 45% off for only $7.67. Ultimate Comics Thor, number one of four. It's uh, Jonathan Hickman. They're going to tell the origin of the Marvel, of the Ultimate Universe Thor. Really? Yeah. Why is Hickman messing around with that Ultimate Universe? Well, he likes I used it. to love the Ultimate Universe. Now I'm wondering why I'm buying those comics. I don't know, man, but he likes it. But I tell you what, if I could get him for up to 40% off, I'd consider it. And Jonathan Hickman, if that dude hasn't earned your trust by now, no one will. Okay, that was it. I was done. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne, the long... Uh, no, it's more that same Bruce Wayne, the, the road home... Uh, yeah, I mentioned Batman the Return. Yeah. There's uh, several of them. Batman and Robin number one. There's and all the all the uh, cover uh, images are top secreted out. Are they doing? Are they rebooting a bunch of stuff? No, because I mean, they're Bruce not Wayne's coming back from right. 
you know, they're just these are just specials that that come out oh, celebrating okay. the return of Bruce Wayne. Okay, one shots and four part miniseries and nonsense yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. Not that it's nonsense; it's actually quite important to the DC universe. So you can get all these at DCBService.com. If you've never ordered from DCB Service, you should because they get a discount, eight percent off if you use. Uh, the code HHW8. You know, I've been meaning to write Cameron and ask him if that's how still much, good. How much? How many savings? We should. Many, I'm going to ask him this week. I'll ask him this week. How many orders have been placed with that code? Yeah. Since we've been doing it, because it's been about six months, maybe. Maybe I think a little longer bit longer than that. Wow, with the code. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know if it actually has happened. Seven! <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised if we had um, two. <laughs> kind of would be good. Well, so, be. well, because so many people use DCBS yeah. service, and you have to be new to use that. That's DCBService.com. So, Brad, you wanted to get back to old school. You wanted to do a little bit of comic talk today, didn't you? Yeah. I figured, you know what? We haven't really had a nice, long discussion about comic books lately. And um, before we dive in, that Bruce Wayne return, is that out, or are you guys reading that, or... Well, the ones We're that I just mentioned are specials that'll be out in a couple of months okay. for comics. Um, they're doing the there's the a mini series, re- the Return of Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah, I've got it's like a first. six issue, and, the, and he's going through time. He's coming back through time. The first yeah. four parts, Captain America. Okay, I mean, I, right. I've, I started buying that reluctantly, and um, it's a pretty good read. I mean, it's written by uh, Grant Morrison, so you know, you, you either like it or you don't. Um, I think the concept of the miniseries is frankly kind of goofy. It's kind of Pirates of the Caribbean, but, um, you know, because one issue, he's, you know, in prehistoric times. And another issue, he's the Old West. Another issue, he's, uh, you know, on a pirate ship. You know, that kind of thing. Um, what I think is really interesting is the subplot, because there's uh, the subplot is that, um, you know, he, he doesn't know who he is, by the way. So um, he, he doesn't No, he's starting to figure it out, though. Um, so it was just instinct for him to to dress like a bat yes exactly it's that inbred into who he is that Hmm. he's that he identifies with and you keep seeing the bat motif you know show up in each timeline not timeline i guess each era that he's in um it's you know it's fairly well done i guess i just think and i'm glad that they've left him you know in this time you know because for almost a for i guess a year or so since the conclusion of final crisis he's just been back there and now, through mechanisms we don't understand yet because they haven't been explained to us, he's hopping forwards in time. Uh, clearly, he's closing back in on present day. And obviously, he's going to get there someday. Uh, well, I guess it's obvious. But you know, um, th- there was talk hmm? during after Final Crisis that he was going to be upgraded to a new god. He was going to be upgraded to a god. See, I think that would be interesting. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, DC is starting to shoehorn. There's lots of Green Lanterns, and there's lots of Flashes, and there's going to be lots of Batmans, and there's going to be, you know, it's just, you know, I'm I'm a big DC guy. I'm I'm not knocking DC for doing this, but uh, I don't know. Is there room for two Batmans? You know, are there is there room for Batmen, or is it just Batman? Um, because well, we got, just, yeah, we got Flashes, we got Green Lantern. Well, and, and Dick Grayson has literally said um, uh, in comic books. You know, I, I don't remember which issue it was, but he's he's flat out said, hey, I'm more than happy to hand the cowl back. You know, I'm just I'm just using it right now. What listing? Batman. Yes. Thank you. Please wait while an operator looks. I'm sorry, what listing? Batman. Uh-huh. Is that Manhattan? Gotham City. That makes me laugh. I, I like the operator in that because she's just <laughs> so trying so hard to over to it. But she she's probably thinking my supervisor's listening. I have to take this seriously. Uh, what's Manhattan. Oh, in Manhattan. Is that a business, sir? Batman. Yeah. Residence. Residence. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> he lives in a lair. <laughs> I think that's my favorite line. I'm just like bring Bruce Wayne back already. If you're going to do it, just bring it back. You don't need all these stupid one-shots. Well, I love the no, idea that, uh, right. that they let Grant Morrison loose in the DC sandbox, and he scrambles everything up, and then they spend the next year having their individual writers stitch the universe back together the way it was before he messed up in the first place. And it's kind of too bad that they don't let that universe stay scrambled. 
You know, it's kind of it's mildly too bad that they don't let the status quo actually be jumbled up. But um, I guess that's kind of part of the charm of the comic books is that, you know, with minor variations here and there, you know, you pretty much know how the song's going to end. Um, but so anyway, the 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 subplot to this whole return of Bruce Wayne is that Bruce Wayne doesn't know how or what, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he's going to. He doesn't know why he's jumping through time. Um, all he knows is that it's happening and that he feels an affinity towards the bat. Um, but the, bat. the rest of the Justice League are are out there in time looking for him because they fear greatly his return to the present. They are afraid that his return to the present will basically destroy all we hold dear. And we don't know if Why? that's... Don't know. Yet to be determined. They have not explained that yet. Okay. Um, but um, I think the, uh, the those the little B, you know, that little subplot or whatever to this story um, that you see, it's just, they give you little snippets in each of the issues uh, so far. They haven't really dwelt on it. So, uh, um, so we're all trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, I made it through four episodes or four issues so far. I guess I'll read five and six to see what happens. Okay. But I'm, I've never been a real um, solo book guy. When I was a kid and comics cost 35 cents, I got all of them. But nowadays, I pretty much concentrate on the group books. So uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily a Batman reader. I enjoy his fine work in the Justice League. Um, but I'm getting uh, Batman and Robin because it's Grant Morrison. And um, I, have, I am not and have not in my adult life uh, gotten any of the Batman comics, detective, whatever. Um, so I'm sure there's stuff that I'm missing out on. In fact, I think the only Batman I've got was a Christmas present from you, Mr. Brad. Thank you for oh, the, uh, did you read it? RIP. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I read it. Yeah. Batman RIP. It was, it was a good read, but it was one of those where I felt like I was really out of my element because I didn't really understand what was going on. And well, I had to play you weren't lots on of catch when you tried to read it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So go things. get on drugs okay. and read it. What's, well, that sounds like good advice. You know? Kids. Kids. <laughs> Take it from us. If you want to read comics, do drugs. I, yeah. I think that's counterintuitive. I think Is that it? You, it's probably easier to remember what the heck you've read if you're sober. Because I'm thinking if you're just, man, you're having like Wait. the room spinning. No, no, no. Hold on. I said that wrong. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, Batman. It's 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 cool, but um, but I don't know how it's going to wrap. So is that your your comic issue oh, for the uh, for the yeah, show, dude. Bill? Was that your yeah, com- was, was that your issue? Was that Bill's one he wanted to discuss? Was Batman? Was that the one you wanted to discuss? Because somehow no. he he was able to discuss it <laughs> like it was his issue of the show. Comma during the show again. I'm sorry. Tell you what, why don't we come back to you, Mark? Uh, Brad, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go. Okay. So in my hand, I'm reading number issue number four of Comic Book Comics. This is by uh, Fred Van Lenty and Ryan Dunlavey. Dunlavey, yeah. Who, who's a publisher? Um, it's their publisher, it's Evil Twin Comics. Yeah, that's right. And they do these these wonderful little. This isn't a narrative story; it's a history of comic books. No good. So it's like a narrative history a bit, and they just tell about the co- history of comic books through comics and it's a great medium it's a lot of fun decided to read this i've actually had this in my hands for a little bit so i'll kind of go briefly into what he covers in the issue four. First of all he talks about um how crime comic books took off in the early 60s and a very interesting story about how they how they kind of took off and why they ended up dropping out of favor because of the comic book code and a lot of people felt yeah that uh they were actually influencing people you know, to commit crimes when, right? You know, there was no proof seduction of, it. of the innocent and all that. So, stuff, yeah, right? seduction of the innocent. Yeah. Did the first three issues in that? Did they? Is it all being told chronologically? Yeah. yeah. So like, issue one started basically with the origin of comics and yeah, like okay, cool. way like eighteen hundreds yes. political comics, and then you get the Superman. You oh, know, how just cool. Before Superman and all that. So yeah, you're going through it. So and this ends right at ends in the seventies. This is where this one ends. Uh, after the crimes, then we talk about Marvel and Marvel's history because they kind of started right about then. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the Marvel method, which was basically Stanley going to his artist, going, "Okay, I need a, in this issue, I need Spider-Man to fight um, to fight the Green Goblin. Uh, Green Goblin stole Aunt May." So the artist would go, he'd draw that with no dialogue, then Stanley would get it and put into dialogue yeah. afterwards. So he'd kind of have to invent that. So a lot of that, a lot of that particular thing. While Stan may have said, "This is what I want to happen," the artist 
like Steve Ditko. Steve uh, specifically yeah. Ditko and Kirby. Um, they're the ones that that basically c- directed how it happened. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like okay, in this shot, I need you to get from point A to point B, but you just figure out how to do that. Yeah, and Basically I, I don't it think is. it was even that specific, at least based on what I'm reading right now. I mean, ju- just to talk a little bit, before Marvel was Marvel, it was Atlas. And basically, what Atlas did was they followed the trends. What was popular, if Westerns were popular, boom, we need to put out some Western comics now. Yeah, you know, sci fi is popular, we need sci fi comics now. So when Stan Lee came on board, they they realized that, you know, they started going in a different direction. They tried to develop stuff, and they became so popular that they couldn't keep up. That's where the whole Marvel method came in about, you know, um, you know, uh, I need for you to create a comic book about uh, a super team. That's where the Fantastic Four came about, you know, and it was yeah, basically was... just just basic plotting at the beginning. Artist creates the, the narrative story without the words. Then Stanley would fill in those blanks. Yeah, I was the, just what an amazing way. Um, I kind of a mind boggling way to actually produce a comic. And clearly it worked like a champ because, uh you know, Marvel really took off there in those '60s. But um, it seems like it would have been a really difficult way to. Yeah, it does to tell a an ongoing soap opera type story. Yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, the 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 artist and the writer are more heavily involved in the process um, than they you know maybe today or something. I mean, nowadays again, you start to get that uh, that artist you know has has an effect on the plot line. I think maybe it's the Keith Giffen or the Jim Lee effect or something. Um, but these days, you you know, you kind of or back then, you know, uh, I guess maybe I'm more used to the DC model, which is, hey, here's your script now, uh, turn the script into artwork, yeah. and that's you expect that, and when you don't get that, it seems kind of trippy, and um, you kind of wonder uh, what the heck's going on with your worldview because it's been shaken. You know, uh, real briefly, here's here's Lee's original outline for the Fantastic Four, which I thought was kind of really. Interesting. Uh, in Lee's original two-page outline, the monstrous thing was a villainous traitor who would constantly undermine the team. When the leader of Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, used his stretching powers, they would cause him horrible pain. The Invisible Girl continued uh, condition was permanent, forcing her to wear a mask if she wanted to be seen. And the Human Torch, modeled after the company's Golden Age uh, stars, could only flame on for five minutes at a time. I kind of like the Mr. Fantastic being in pain. That's kind of cool. I wonder why, why that changed, or who, who changed that. I wonder if Kirby Let's had anything see. to do with, with. Well, did you? Um, I just picked up. Um, I was over at uh, Lone Star a couple of weeks ago, and they've got some um, clearance stuff. Mm-hmm. So I picked up uh, the Best Fantastic Four Volume One. It's just got a bunch of random stuff in it. Obviously, it's got issue number one in it, and I read it. And it's I've read it before, but it's been a while, and it kind of um, kind of jangled my little brain up. Um, because yeah, the the way they interact with each other is you know obviously completely different than the way they do now, forty years later. But yeah, uh, Ben Grimm was not happy about it, and he was he was willing to be an antagonist. Uh, so it's not that far off. It says here the fact that the published version of the strip deviated so far from the original outline may have had something to do with Lee's unique way of working with artists. Lee told in 1970 San Diego Comic-Con that he developed the process because uh, developed this process because I'd be writing a story for Kirby and Steve Ditko would walk in and say, hey, I need some work. I I need some work now. And Lee would say, can't give it to you now, Steve. I'm finishing up Kirby's. But we couldn't afford to keep Steve waiting because time was money. And then that's where where that method came about. He was trying to write so many books at one time. Yeah. You know, he he couldn't keep up, and there was a lot of antagonism between Kirby and Ditko against Lee because Lee was getting all the praise for it. It was like, wow, look at these books Lee's putting out, but Kirby and and Ditko were just as much of the team than Lee yeah. was, if not arguably more. Um, I just the, the idea that that okay, here's your plot, then the artist creates it, and then for the writer to come back and actually put in the literal dialogue. You know, after the fact, just trips me out. I mean, it's 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 hard to read those comics and have that in mind because it just seems like a comic book. In, I think uh, I along those that same line, thinking I think that speaks to Stanley's strengths as a writer that he was able to to put the icing on the cake in a in a way that 
hid the fact that he didn't write it that way from the beginning and say, here's your script, Jack. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the idea that um, the artist could is not necessarily going to betray the plot line he's given, but you know, he, he may not go you know, from point A to point B on a straight line. You know, certainly not what the writer Dan Lee is expecting. So, you know, I just, yeah, that, that's that's something that's always been in the back of my head. And, you know, you read any of those, you know, old essentials, unless you have the floppies that are worth 10000 bucks a piece. Um, yeah, you read any of those old essentials and you just sit there and kind of marvel at it. <laughs> no pun intended. I, I have Seriously, to admit no that, pun intended. that first Fantastic Four, um, you know, that, so, that, that stuff, you know, sometimes I can read it, sometimes it's kind of hard. But that uh, fa- first Fantastic Four Essentials, it's so much fun. And it, it is campy, and it's yeah. just, uh, you know, it, it's fun because a lot of it is gee whiz wow, but yeah. it's still, still a lot of fun. Yeah, growing up, I always thought, uh, you know, Fantastic Four was probably my favorite book growing up. Uh, nowadays, I think I I love Fantastic Four without reservation, but I think, uh, you know, give me Legion if I had to pick between the two. But uh, um, but that, that that's one and one A in my uh, my little world. Uh, one other fact about Galactus and Silver Surfer, Surfer, legend has it that um, Kirby received little more editorial direction from Lee in this in that issue, other except for the Fantastic Four meet God. So he told Kirby, really? "I need an issue where the Fantastic Four meets God." Kirby came up with Galactus and the Silver Surfer. Wow, that's awesome! That really, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally don't don't like looking at. Kirby's art, it, okay. you know, it's it's just not my thing. Okay, and, you know, I realize that's blasphemy. And, yeah, well, it, for me, not, I'm kind of the same way with Ditko. But just, I, mean, I, I have oh, a I'm, hard time looking I'm, at Ditko's art. I was gonna include him in okay. there, and, in that also. Um, but the fact that that Kirby and Ditko basically created what they did, yeah, you know, with their design sense, you know, is very impressive. Yes, you know, especially coming up with the idea of Galactus all by yourself. Yeah, yeah, I mean. That's just nuts, but Kirby did it. I mean, and, what and, did and what, not not well, not talking so much about Kirby's visual style, but it's more about Kirby the way he blocked things and the way he had movement mm-hmm. and the way he where he decided to put his eye, his camera, and how to tell the story. I mean, you can look at those. You may not like the style, right, like right. the way it's drawn, but the way it's told. By where he put the camera, who the distance between the people, okay, yeah. you know the, how close they are and stuff like that. That's I think what a lot of people like about mm-hmm. Kirby. It's you can look at the stuff and still tell the story without the dialogue, which essentially we now loan we we now know was the fact he was I've telling just, the story without words. I've always loved. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if I'm a big Kirby fan. I mean, I am, but uh, I love the way Kirby designs things. I love the machines he creates and the the costuming and stuff. I just, I've always, Galactus has always probably been, he's my number one villain. I mean, he's the one, you know, you hate for anybody to get overused, but uh, anytime Galactus shows up, I I all of a sudden am on the edge of my stinking seat. You know, I want to know what's going to happen next. By the way, I think the uh, the Knights of Nee stole their look from Galactus. <laughs> just a little side you note can always You can always look at something and know whether Jack Kirby had any oh my gosh yes designing the look of I mean the, the whole you know the whole new gods look but especially I mean you know new, Gal- new I mean, Silver Surfer so- was naked but Galactus my goodness new gods are you know they're 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 really weird but they're unique yeah I mean it's just it's a crazy concept I, I don't sometimes I like it usually I don't but it's just a crazy concept anyway um they go on they talk about independent comics they talk about crumb they talk about um, is there any indication how how long that series is going to be? Um, based on the final issue, where they talk about the uh, copyright law between DC and Fawcett and DC and uh, and Disney and the Air Pirates, the Kirby Art fa- the fantas- what uh, the Kirby Art fiasco, and much more. It's five. I'm going to say six. Maybe feels like it would go six issues. Dude, that that looks awesome. I think I want to read those. You want me to get the all three? You rock, dude. I would love that. Yeah. Yes. It's it an easy read. I, easy I read. had a box full of comics to bring you, Bill, and I left them at home. Oh. So anyway, that's what that was. That was uh, that's what I read recently. Um, that's sweet. Evil Twin Comics, uh, comic book Evil. comics number four. And I like did you, how uh, they they aped the the look of, <laughs> of uh, Fantastic uh, Four one, one with, yes. with Stanley coming through the ground. And, and who's yeah. he holding? He's he's holding Ditko in there. Kirby's <laughs> fighting him off with the and look, he's got the Kirby crackle around his yeah. uh, brushes. Yeah. And, and there's Tintin, and there's um, 
crumb stuff down uh, there. Yeah, yep, yep. It's very cool. Wow. So is it is this mainly uh, talking about Marvel DC stuff, or is it kind of trying all to touch? stuff? I mean, okay, they, good. The, the last third of the book is about independent stuff. I didn't Excellent. want to get into that, good. but I mean, they really go into the independent comics. That's cool. I, I just I've always been a, a big history junkie, mm-hmm. and uh, comics history I think is just as fascinating as American history, frankly. So, mm-hmm. so sue me. <laughs> so Brad, are you going next, dude? Yeah, I'll go. Because what I've got does not deserve to be saved for last, but uh, you go. Well, then you go. <laughs> no, you do. Man, seriously. Um. My pick for this week uh, is my favorite comic over the last couple of weeks, Incredible Hulk number 611. Is, this is what World War Hulks has been building to, what Planet Hulk you know, started out. Um, in, uh, in the previous issue, I believe we learned, was it 609 or 608? Or, I mean, six, I can't, actually can't remember what happened in 6. I think it was 609 we learned that uh, the Red Hulk was was um, the Red She Hulk was Betty. Um, something happened. In really, six, yeah. I did not know that. Six ten. We talked about this. Cool. And did I, tr- I trust you? <laughs> <laughs> did we ever find out the motivations behind that, Brad? Yeah, Why they decided? yeah, yeah. It explains it in um, in the Hulk comic and in the uh, Incredible Hulk comic. It seems like you're buying it because there have been things about this whole Hulk nonsense that you well, have, that you have basically scoffed at and it I, sounds like you're taking this with um you know on face value maybe i am uh but this issue was just the to me it was the perfect payoff for everything that's been happening in these books and basically scar the son of hulk made his way from the doomed planet of sakar that he fed to galactus by the way who did? Scar. <laughs> really? <laughs> Scar fed his own planet to Galactus? Yeah. Why would he do that? Because uh, he was angry at the planet. And really? Yeah. Really? With all the people on it and stuff? Yeah. Ew. Let me see if I can find the... Uh, so I guess So I guess he... he uh, um, the he, son is evil or just very angry? Well, he's angry at his dad, and he came to Earth with the sole purpose of killing the Hulk. Okay. Um, because he knows that the Hulk was indirectly responsible for the death of his mother, Kyra okay, the Old right. Strong, the Queen. Yes. Now, has has Scar been off planet yet? Because I haven't read any of the Scar Son of Hulk stuff. I, I off. Well, he left. Has he been off his own world? Yeah. Okay. And he he got off the planet okay. right before Galactus ate it. All right. And headed to Earth. Okay. Cool. With the with the intention of finding Hulk. Yes. And killing Hulk. When he got there, um, he found Bruce Banner, who was not okay. hulked out. Right. Bruce Banner uh, had been pretty much training uh, Scar, son of Hulk, uh, to build his his uh, strength and his fighting ability and whatnot for the ultimate battle between the two of them when Bruce was eventually the Hulk again. So what Bruce is trying to ensure that he would be stopped? Well, in yes, that okay. was that was one thought All behind right. it. And it, but at the same time, the the people that he would pick for Scar to fight was was also serving Bruce's other agenda in okay. which uh was to defeat the intelligentsia. Yes. Which was Modoc and yeah. and all uh, all those other guys that were doing their is the six is, big brains, and this is yeah. just just a little ignorance. I thought Modok was kind of a joke, but he's. Well, I don't think he, not in the comics. I don't think not in the comics. I mean, he. You ever watch the Superhero Squad show? Yeah, he's a joke in that. <laughs> but I mean, what, wasn't there that Modok comic book that Modoc came out recently? Rain Delay. Yeah, that it was one. A, it was a funny, but take that was just on, a farce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Modok was was a serious bad guy. Modok always the, freaked me out yeah. too, man. So, and they gave Modoc some character and all that. So basically, okay. here we are at six eleven. Uh, I think in six ten, um, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, uh, in his last desperate gambit to take out the Intelligentsia, basically put himself in a situation where he got regamificated. <laughs> huh? <laughs> he he had gotten ungamificated. The yeah, the Intelligentsia. Um, sapped well actually the red hulk yes which we've come to find out was general from, ross yeah yeah well he was working with the intelligentsia for a while okay he somehow sapped all of the gamma radiation out of bruce banner 
Which he thought was probably kind of a favor, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's always wanted to defeat the Hulk, right? No, but I mean, the Bruce Banner was like, oh, well, good. Now I don't have to worry about this I mean, Yeah, anymore. that's been Bruce Banner's dream. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the process of all this, the intelligentsia um, basically hulked out a bunch of the heroes of the Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. I've yeah. seen these covers with Captain America, Hulk. And, and they hulked out a bunch of army soldiers, and they attacked Washington. And Bruce Banner figured out how to stop them, and what what that entitled what that entailed was him basically mm-hmm. regamificationing himself, you know, okay. absorbing all that energy. Yeah, and uh, so he he came the Hulk again. So here we are with six eleven. Well, it's too bad. I'm sorry. Sorry for you, Doctor Banner. And uh, Peter David, especially um, at the end of this book. Greg Pak, who's been you know writing Hulk for years, uh, says many thanks to legendary Hulk writer Stan Lee, Peter David, and especially Bill Mantlo, who set the stage for so much of the story we've been telling. I'm not sure exactly what Bill Mantlo contributed uh, as far as his writing, but I know, and it may it may be the the thing with with Bruce Banner's father being such a horrible person to Bruce when he was a kid. Okay, well, but, didn't Bill Mantlo write him for basically the entire decade of the '70s? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And then Peter David, of course, you know, had a 12-year run yes. after that. Uh, I think they both explored the fact that that Bruce Banner's father was a monster, basically. Okay. Beat, you know, he beat Bruce Banner all the time. Okay. And that's kind of what manifested this rage inside. Interesting. You so, know, I, I thought that Bruce Banner's father and mom, they were, weren't they supposedly kidnapped and, but they were really spies? That was Peter Parker's. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Um, so now that Hulk is back, um, Scar can get what he wants, which is okay. a chance to kill the Hulk. Yes. And in the process of this beautifully drawn, beautifully written, it, it's drawn by Paul Pelletier. Um, Pelletier? Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. I've been pronouncing it Pelletier this th- whole time. I think it's Pelletier. Well, it's uh, you're, whatever. You're probably right. You it's too. whatever. Um, yeah, his he's a pretty good artist. Uh, my, is the cover drawn by uh, drawn by him John also? John Jr. Okay, all right, because the, the cover the is double, absolutely JRJR. Yeah, the double okay. gatefold cover. Um, that's really cool, yeah. man. That's that's uh, that's, um, that's pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Danny Mickey, colors by Frank Darmada. Yeah, um, but it's like page after page of these two just going at it. I mean, okay. incredible. So it's like the fifth issue of World War Hulk then. It's yeah, just but one big smash slugfest. Good, it's like a Rocky up. movie. <laughs> and in the meantime, you know, Hulk is having flashbacks to to his childhood with his dad and all this stuff. And the two <laughs> of them are are talking. Uh, oh, here's the uh, here's the um, the the um, scene I was telling you about. Hulk smashes Scar into the ground. He says, "I'm the strongest one there is. Uh, give it up." And Scar says, "Never." Hulk says, stupid, I could crush you like an egg, but I'm not here to fight with you, and smats him out of the way, pushes him out of the way. Scar says, Kyra always, Kyra was the queen. Kyra always said you were good, didn't know that meant weak. Ooh, snap. You gonna take that? Hulk says, Kyra, nice bluff, she's dead, you never talked to her. And Scar says, I told you before, moron, she was an old strong, connected to the planet. She survived in the stones until the planet was truly destroyed. When I fed it to Galactus, oh. so he he did get a chance to to meet and talk to his mom, which spurred the anger, you know of of that he had towards Bruce Banner, Hulk, you know because in, indirectly Hulk was responsible for the destruction of the planet. So anyway, That's pretty indirectly, as the two of them are are duking it out. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to spoil too much because just the I way spoil. just I mean, the it's... way it, it happens. Um, the two of them kind of come to an understanding of of what's going on, and even Red She Hulk Betty kind of gets in on it. So, what's her motivation? By the way, I thought she was a good girl. Is she just that mad that her dad got? Uh, well, I guess he didn't get killed. No, well, did he? when she's the Red She Hulk, she likes it. Uh, so it's like likes, a drug. Yeah, she likes the power. power. Mad. She likes the power. So, um, in the in the middle of the fight. Scar does something that causes a bunch of sand and dirt and stuff to 
like be blown up and towards a bunch of people. Okay. Well, the Hulk does what he can to save. He 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 somehow causes this tidal wave of dirt to to not Gross. hit the people. And Scar uh, looks and he says, "Those people, I didn't see them, but you, you saved him basically." And, and Hulk says, "You're always going to be there, aren't you? Why can't you leave me alone and just pummels and pummels and pummels?" So Hulk wants to be left alone. Yeah, that's all Hulk wants. And as as the Hulk is doing this, Scar is finally changing back into his real non Hulk Hulkified self, which is basically a young boy. Huh. And Banner sees that and he remembers him and his father's hands and he dehulkifies and so it ends with Bruce and this little boy hugging, coming to terms with each other, realizing that, you know, they need each other and the little the little uh boy Scar has forgiven his dad okay. for what happened and yeah. it's just I don't know. It was just really moving the way the way they did it the with the interspersion. Is that a word? Interspersion of the uh sure, go with I it. like it. Of the flashbacks with his dad and it, it, it's Scar when he's a boy, does he look human or does he look like the race from the planet? Yeah, he looks he looks like uh the old star. See, that's him right there with gray skin. Okay. And the tattoos like uh okay. of the the old the uh his his race. old strong yes yeah. yes it's just it was really well done it was a really nice payoff um you know it basically comes down to a father son story and so uh, is this the conclusion or just a good issue this or is it still going on this is the conclusion of the problem between scar and hulk okay but the next issue to come out in this whole world war hulk's storyline is uh Hulk uh, number 24 in which Bruce Banner Green Hulk goes up against uh, Red Hulk okay. in a knockdown drag out. So they're finally going to duke it out, huh? Yeah. Good. And I believe the name of this um, Incredible Hulk comic will soon change to Incredible Hulks, plural. <laughs> okay. Because I think since Scar... It, the since, Hulk family's here to stay. Huh? Yeah, since Scar and Hulk kind of came to uh, an impasse and an understanding... Yes. Um, I mean, it sounds cheesy and, you know. Yeah, it does. But the way it the way it's constructed is just beautiful. Cheesy can be, can, I mean, it it's, just depends on how it's handled. I mean, it's a, it sounds like a, like a sweet story, but. It's you, really uh, well done. And the fight is vicious. I mean, there's one time when Hulk pounds Scar, Scar so hard, knocks him up out of, uh, almost out of orbit. Okay. Into, um, out of the atmosphere, and he starts coming back down and. Hulk or Scar, as he's coming back through the atmosphere, he's burning, you know, because that's what happens upon reentry, right? Oh, wow. It's just vicious as all get out, but it's really well done. I liked it a lot. Um, uh, on a power level, is Scar Hulk's equal, I guess? No. 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 Hulk is strongest one there is. Good. Hulk is Because I kind of want that. I want Hulk to be that. Scar's, Scar's half Hulk, so he's pretty strong, okay. but. You know, Hulk is always been, Hulk is always going to be the strongest. I've always been a fan is. of the underdog, but I've always rooted for the thing. Even yeah. though you knew that when the there thing was no and the way Hulk got together, win. you knew that the, the thing was he was going to lose. Mm. The yeah. art is beautiful. It's it's comic booky, but it's not cartoony. Well, it's, that it Pelot- is literally just beautiful. That Pelletier Pelletier guy, whatever yeah. he uh, um, he did a bunch of stuff with the uh, Realm of Kings, the Inhumans yeah. uh, stuff, and I just I thought um, when handled with a uh, with a good inker, his art is pretty awesome. Yeah, and Danny Mickey. Yeah, inks. I don't remember who uh, who worked with him on those uh, colors nice. series, but um, but yeah, those are good times. Here, take a look at Thank some you. of those faces. They're just really just well done. I oh wow! Was really happy with with that with that whole deal. Now, Gosh, whether or not cool. I'll be happy with the resolution of the Red Hulk, you yeah. know, comic booky. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's good art, man. It's just that, yeah, that just it's not good. photorealistic, but it's not no, no, cartoony. It's, I mean, it's like nice stuff. Yeah, I mean, it almost uh, it almost does have a Kirby esque feel to the way the uh, the layout is, and, and the fact that you see a lot of a lot of a lot of faces close up. It's not lots, you know. It's lots of uh, tight shots. It's not lots of uh, you know long shots and whatnot. Oh man, see Hulk. 
See, Hulk doesn't look like he's having a good time there. <laughs> he no, does. I mean, Scar, Scar can, you know, can dish it out. Heck yeah. You know, and I'm sure part of it is the fact that this is deep down, Bruce Banner knows that this is his son and doesn't want to. Okay. So Scar has now gone up against, uh, he's gone up against Dokken or Dakin, whatever his name is. He's gone up against the Juggernaut, which must have been a good one. And um, I don't recognize the third one. And did, okay. you, did you address, uh, do, do we know the motivations of the Red Hulk yet? Well. I mean, other than yeah, power, but I mean, is there something more there? I mean, is it like. They explained it in, in uh, Hulk 23 as to okay. why uh, Thunderbolt Ross let himself get Hulkified. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and it made sense. Because it was better you know, than I, being, I mean, what, what, what's the thumbnail of that? It was better than being ripped in half. I'd have to read it again. I just okay. I don't remember the details. But um, I like <laughs> it. Hi. It was good. Hey, wait, can you give us some That's time? That's really cool. Um, sweetheart, um, I love you. I'm kind of in the middle of something. We, uh, we could play later. Um, we can play later if you want, but um, yes. What okay. did you pick Sorry. to read this time? <laughs> I had a couple different choices. I decided just to, uh, um, I thought about uh, the uh, what's going on in the X-Men right now, but I decided not to, uh, though it's a decent read. Um, uh, I want to do the Thanos Imperative uh, issue three, but uh, I haven't read that yet because I'm saving it for last because it's going to be awesome. Um, so I went ahead and went with uh, issue number one, written by Peter Tomasi, Fernando Pazdaran, um, Green Lantern. Emerald Warriors, and um, I've never been a Guy Gardner fan. I I have I have I've never hated him, but he's just been someone to kind of put up with. I think the uh, you know the attitude and the the flat top and the the, the frankly silly looking outfit he's got yeah. on. You know, I always thought that you know it's like you don't want to. You he know, was very much a, looking a, like a biker. A, a time. Uh, uh, I mean, he was a creation of that good, era for I, sure. Yeah, yeah. I hate the vest. Yeah, I, I've never, I've, ne- I've never really been a huge, huge fan of his. Though I've never, you know, he's never angered me in any way. But mm-hmm. I think that really, you know, he being in the process of maturation that Jeff Johns has kind of shepherded through uh, the uh, um, the Sinestro core war and everything that's happened since then. I do, um, I do like him now. The way he's been, he's been. Um, no, I don't. I'm sorry, I'm right in the middle of something, sweetheart. Where the way he's been displayed. Lately, especially in Blackest Night, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, when he was in Green Lantern Corps, I really like. Well, he, he's grown up and he's become a heroic, and I agree. I think the Green Lantern Corps has really, you know, has really helped you know us get in touch with. He has become a much more likable character to yeah. me. But I, I think he may be one of those guys that you just love to hate. I mean, I well, think he just that, you know because he's got that attitude. I mean, ever since Justice League yeah, International, when, when Batman know, when Batman punches him out, and you know that first Justice League mm-hmm. issue. You know, then I think you set the stage for what's about to come. But um, I, what I liked about this issue, um, what what I thought was notable was just the the concept. And and I am, am a big fan, as people know, of the epic space uh, spanning concept. And the whole idea behind this new, I assume this is ongoing. It doesn't say issue one of twelve or anything like that. Um, and I'm trying to decide at this point, too. It's like, do I keep getting Green Lantern core or do I shift over to this? Because I'm probably going to keep getting Green Lantern. Um, but um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what they do with the Green Lantern core. I'll, uh, I've picked that up through issue 50, and uh, you know, we'll see if uh, issue 51 happens. But the idea that they're going to go out there into the uncharted sectors of the universe and basically chart them and figure out what the heck's out there um, kind of the as whole- a as a preemptive strike. Is that what? the whole purpose of this? That's pretty much the, well, the, yeah, the whole reason of this comic book's existence is for them to go out and explore parts of the universe that we've never explored before. And that turns me on. What does Atrocitus time. have to do with this? Atrocitus. I thought Atrocitus recruited Guy Gardner to do something. Well, Atrocitus him. and Ganthet and Guy Gardner uh, are all, are all kind of in a pact right now. Okay. And I'm trying to remember, you know, we, we've gotten in a day with so much, so much raw information. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but basically, uh, Atrocitus, um, Atrocitus, yeah, those three are are kind of linked together right now. Um, but for me, it's just the over, just the overarching idea of going out somewhere where we've never been before. You know, um, that really turns me on, and and they could do anything with it. 
Um, I've always had a minor issue with the whole concept of the Green Lantern Corps because there's, what, 3,600 sectors the Green Lanterns patrol? Yeah. And they theoretically patrol the entire universe? Yeah. That doesn't make sense in any way, shape, or form. Mm. I don't want to, you know... Okay, I do want to get off on a rant here. Okay, so there's, you know, you say 3,600 sectors in the Milky Way galaxy. Maybe that I get. Although there's still, you know, 100 million stars or whatever. Um, But there are billions upon billions of galaxies out there. So you're basically telling me that each Green Lantern who's in charge of one sector is in charge of what? A thousand galaxies apiece or something? Well, I mean... You know, or, or Hal Jordan... You know, 10,000 I mean, galaxies apiece? You know, it seems like most of the stuff seems to happen here on Earth. Right. So that's what comes always and here. And Hal Jordan gets lucky because we found out recently that Earth is, in fact, the center of the universe, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, it's not the geographical center of the universe. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, you know... Um, you know, you also can't travel light speed and stuff like that. You just have to take all that with a grain of salt. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, they travel through hyperspace and whatnot. I mean, yeah. you've had uh, there's a recent uh, Green Lantern core, I think, where uh, or maybe there's just no life out in in those sectors, and they just know it, or it's so rudimentary that they don't need protection. I've just always right? thought that 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 basic math has just never, ever, ever worked out. I, I've never heard anybody explain that satisfactorily. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the dudes or. You know, one of our listeners, you know, can chime in on that. And, you know, if there is an explanation, I would love to hear it. I would truly love to hear it because I I'd, I would like for it to make sense. And I've always thought that, you know, it's just one of those where you just kind of need to turn, you know, put the blinders on and put say, you know, what, I'm just going to I'm not going to worry about this. You know, it's like it's like Berman and Braga telling you, hey, Captain Archer, don't don't worry about that. You know, so I'm trying my hardest just not to worry about that. And so Green Lantern is going to end up uh, going out there. He ends up talking the uh, the Guardians into letting him kind of form a task force. And they assign him a couple of people, and he splits. And, um, you know, the first issue is, of course, you know, they don't actually go out there into the great dark. Um, they just set up the concept this is going to happen. Can I and, read a couple of things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a couple of pages. He's He's out there doing, you know, some dirty work for the Guardians. Yeah. Well, he's just and, space uh, copping. Yeah. And so he's thinking to himself, and he says, Guardians of the Universe. It's got a nice ring to it, right? Only problem is that the only thing the Guardians seem to be guarding is their own narrow and screwed-up views, which are forcing my hand and put me on a road I didn't think I'd ever be on. Uh, He says, this smash and grab out here at the edge of the uncharted sectors just flipped a light switch and gave me an idea. So then he goes back to the... Yeah. I just... It's it's really cool, though. Uh, I don't know if this is, again... Is this a Marvel effect thing here? Uh, um, I, I've always wondered also, um, how is it the artists decide to use the the emerald constructs that they do use? And this is any Green Lantern character in any comic with any writer artist. I've always wondered, you know, does... And, and we know that, you know, Kyle was an artist, so he's going to be more artsy-fartsy. John was an engineer, so he's going to do stuff that's more technical. Yeah, okay, I get that. Um, but the literal decision that, okay... Uh, Green Lantern's going to use his ring and it's going to smash a ship, but you know how does that literally manifest itself? And it, I guess I'm going to give the credit to Fernando Pastoran, but it's really freaking cool, man. Uh, the this first issue starts with him chasing down some some uh, some reptilian creatures who are stealing something we don't know what yet, but he Green Lantern is riding around on on a bike, you know, on an emerald on Harley, cycle, basically, yeah. <laughs> and then. He pulls out in front of them, and he's waiting for them, and then all of a sudden, you see a batting helmet on, and he's holding a bat. He looks like he's getting ready to take a swing, and he ends up swinging an emerald bat that's got to be 100 feet long <laughs> that just absolutely demolishes the ship into tiny little pieces. And at the same time, you see that, that there are hostages he's been looking to save, and you can see that they're in little green bubbles. So he's saving them as he's destroying the ship. So he's not murdering or anything like that. But, man, he destroys the son of a gun out of that ship. And it's a really cool visual. I don't usually respond to visuals at that visceral level. Usually it's the writing that that really grabs me. Um, But I just thought that was really neat. And uh, uh, that one page, my first thought when I'm seeing this page is someone is going to pay big money to have this up on their wall someday. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of detail. It, it is. There's a, tr- there's a very good point, Frank. There's a tremendous amount of detail in uh, in, in his work. And um, I think one of my favorite panels, though, is fairly empty. It's uh, just past the just past the, uh, the staples in the book, uh, Frank, uh, just past the Blair Underwood, uh, the event uh, ad. But <laughs> he's uh, 
is that that section that Brad wrote where the um, the edge of the uncharted sectors and he's looking and there's stuff behind him but out in front of him you see nothing but a blank right a blank velvet carpet of stars and I just there's just something really cool about him looking out there and so it makes me wonder I wonder how much explanation we're going to get in this hopefully ongoing series um, you know. Are we because because we've gone to the edge of the universe before, you know, because we've seen the source wall, you know, um, but I want to know how many sectors I I wish they would create like a map of the universe of the known universe, you know, the DC known universe, Um, because I would love to know, you know, I mean, I could look on a map and find out where Vega is. I mean, I realize that's a a real, you know, constellation, but uh, uh, I would love to hear. uh Oh, my ears have gone all wacky. That's better. Um, I would love to know where in the universe uh, the DC uh, DC storytelling has taken us, and where it has not, and how you can exploit that. Uh, this is kind of I went on a rant about Stargate Universe uh, a couple months ago about how it should be an incredible show that's taking you to places you've literally never been before, and so far it's really awful. Um, but uh, this I think has a great potential, and um, the thing that got me. I think was the idea that uh, somehow Atrostas has something to do with this. There's this tiny subplot with Sodom Yacht, and they're still looking in the black book. Um, but at the very end of the uh, um, at the very end of the book, you're introduced to a new character who uh, appears to be uh, a bad guy. Um, but my first thought was, is this someone we've ever seen before? Yeah, I don't recognize this person. Okay, my hope is that this is a brand new character. And I, that's, he, he reminds me of, um, oh, now I'm going to think. Uh, who destroyed uh, Coast City? Mongol. Mon- yeah. is, he, is he a derivative of Mongol? I don't know. Does I he mean, kind of look like Mongol? It looks like, it looks like someone wearing the serpent crown, which is in play in the Secret Avengers right now on the other side of the uh, the Marvel DC fence. Um, but this is not a character I recognize. He, he uh, looks a lot like... Um, the uh, the evil Buddha character in uh, the Marvel premiere Doctor Strange run also, um, so I I don't know if he's a brand new character. Uh, I hope he is, and I my main hope for the series is that it does in fact introduce a number of compelling characters, a number of compelling settings. Um, you know I you know I don't think that this is going to be okay. Hey, let's go to you know let. Let's go to Xanthu now. Let's go to Karg now. Let's go to Winath now. Let's go to you know whatever. I just you know I I, I believe that this is going to take us places we've never gone before. That's what excites me, and that's why uh, I I think uh, if you're into that, people, uh, maybe you should go out and pick this up because it's a good first issue. Uh, unfortunately, it's a plate setter. You know, you don't actually you know plenty of action happens in it, but um, you know the stuff I want to see is probably in issue two. Um, at best okay and uh so anyway uh they're going to do some character building um atrocitus has sent a a proxy to uh to be with uh guy gardner um and uh you know so we'll see what kind of relationship develops there between you know gantha maybe with him gantha is looking through the the uh, the black book of oa right now um you know trying to find more clues as to what might be going on all that and there's there's some very minor skullduggery but uh but all in all it uh it looks like it's just going to be Hopefully, it's going to be fairly much pure sci-fi, cool. which, uh, which is what makes me happy. So, good times. You know, um, after Comic Talk, we wanted we wanted to mention Bert the Stormtrooper's commercial that ah. he shared with us a while back. You haven't seen it yet, Bill. No, well, I hey, haven't. This was a couple of weeks ago, but... Um, and I'm sorry, Bert. Uh, it's it's a really good commercial. It's actually a commercial done in both... I don't think... Do we... Do you, can you bring it up? Do you have it up, Brad? Let me see. See if mm-hmm. you can find it. At least play a little bit of it. He does a Spanish version and an English version. He's just he's just in it. I think it was for what was it for? Was it ITT? ITT. Yeah. It was for ITT, and um, they basically highlight him as someone who went to school there and got his education, and they kind of showcase nice. how his life is. And there's an English version and a Spanish version, and it's just it was very cool. He shared it with uh, with us. And it was just it was just uh, we meant to we meant to mention this a while back. Did he? Uh, did he tell you how he ended up getting selected for this? N- no, I don't think he did. But it but dum, it was just dum, one dum, the, dum. But you know, he's definitely one of their success stories, you know, ITT success stories. And so um yeah, they wanted to highlight it. And you know, he has a beautiful family. You know, they they highlight his wife and his kids and there's even a shot in there where he's uh he's doing sword play 
with his uh, with his little girls and uh, that's not safe. Him. <laughs> well, it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's like styrofoam. Tell him to uh, stop. It was like it was actually just kind of kind of cool to, to I see had the it link, but it's for some reason it's not working. Because you know, well, maybe they took it down. Maybe it was a temporary lightsaber's going to just hack an arm clean off. Mm-hmm. They they it's like a hot <laughs> knife through butter. <laughs> uh, here we go. I think it's working. Maybe. Do you need some uh, need some fanfare? No, we got it here. All right, I'll just ask him. It looks like Brad has it. He's did eight years in the service and met my wife while I was in the service as well. When we got out of the military, the plan was always to go back to school. As a kid, I was never a good student, and it was actually amazing to me how going back to school, it was exciting, it was fun. GI Bill, the VA, and the U.S. Army College Fund all came into play. Having my mom be at graduation and see me walk the aisle, that was kind of a, a dream come true for both of us. He has one of those personalities that just, it fills a room. So when he's happy, there's just this light that comes from inside and just engulfs everything. I want my children to know that there isn't anything that they can't do if they put their minds to it, right? We are educators. You know, I've seen these ITT commercials before, and I always wondered if those people are real or not. Well, there you go. I guess they are. To find out more, well, if I ever have a real job again, maybe I'll have a look like that on my face. That's wonderful. <laughs> you rock, Bert. Yeah, and he's just and he has a wonderful family. It's, be, it's beautiful. He should be very proud. And he does the Spanish version, and his mom talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess his wife okay. doesn't Spanish because right, the mom talks. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, I mean, hey, in in the Latin culture, uh, the mother is. Um, the you know, father may be the, mother the head might of the be family. Even more important. The father may be the head of the family, but the mother is the neck, and yeah. she directs the father. Okay. <laughs> Frank tweeted earlier in the week about possibly meeting Andy McDowell yes. for a drink. Yes. Seriously. A friend of mine. The she isn't like the Andy McDowell? The Andy McDowell. Needless to say, it didn't happen. But a friend was like, hey, I'm at a shoot with... Um, he, there's a show in, in Texas, in Dallas right now, called Lone Star. Yes. It's Fox, the Fox show. Andy McDowell was the, is this week's star. Okay. okay. Shooting. And so he goes, hey, there's talk about her coming over to Lee Harvey's. You want to come? He goes, yeah. So I kind of tweeted that. Well, needless to say, nothing happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. And you know, I was, you I was about, know. I was about a football, football field yard away from, you know, football field's Okay. Away from it actually happening. For those of you that don't know, Andy McDowell was uh, she she played opposite uh, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yes. And she's cute. She's got she's got a little southern twang, and when she gets mad, she starts it just starts to come out. I think Dan from Do San Ann is uh is mad at us. Oh, what happened? We haven't gotten a voicemail or a well, we got one here, but it's um, I, I don't know. I, listen to it. What a wonderful episode about. Geek food. Perhaps next time you can do a part two and talk about hot pockets. Just a thought. I will talk to you gentlemen later. Bye. <laughs> you hear know, something just, in this voice? Yeah, I just detected a little bit of a little bit of. I, I don't even know what the word is, but contempt. Yeah, maybe so. I don't think no, so. That's a no. nice episode. That's a nice episode on geek food. It's like we forgot to mention something. Like maybe he invented something. What a wonderful episode about geek food. Just that, just that <laughs> much. He, you know, yeah, he does sounds like, how to take that. He sounds like Han Solo in A New Hope. What a wonderful smell you've discovered. <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> Here it is. What a wonderful episode about geek food. Perhaps next time you can do a part two and talk about Hot Pockets. Just a thought. I will talk to you gentlemen later. Nice. I can't tell if he's being serious or not. You need that needs to be the opener to like our next Dan. show. Just make that because that that just sounds funny to me. It's just, it does. You're right. There, there's a little bit. Of, it sounds like the, there's contempt in his voice. That does sound like the cold open to episode 187, <laughs> doesn't it? Wow, that would actually make some sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, so Dan, uh, I'd say uh, it's a fair question you asked there, and uh, uh, for an answer to that, I just have to direct you to the title of the show. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're, we're, no. we're under no preconceptions that we're filling your time with all sorts of wonderful information you can't live without. <laughs> Last week, I introduced a new segment 
Oh yes, how that was it? Out for and you. I'm sorry, Brad. Was it Brad's advice or Brad's Brad's uh, thought of the day? Brad's did you have, thought of the day. Did you get some good feedback on it? <laughs> yeah, Brad. Oh, what kind of feedback have you gotten? I haven't gotten any feedback yet. <laughs> oh, okay, don't no, Brad, don't, don't, no, Brad, don't I have it. No, Brad. I have another edition of it. Okay, okay. if you don't mind. Brad's no. thought of the day. Brad's thought of the day. When early astronomers turned their gazes to the majesty of the night sky, they projected upon the stars images of the gods, goddesses, and fantastic creatures that inhabited the mythology of their culture. For those ancient peoples, it was a way of defining their universe. It strikes me now that if that process were for some reason to take place today instead of then, the constellations would bear not such classical names as Andromeda, Hercules, or Cassiopeia, Mm -hmm. but would most likely be named Spider-Man, Hulk, and Wolverine. Nice, nice. Tombo Dutt, write that. Brad's thought of the day. No, it's it's Brad's thought. It's Brad's, Brad's thought, thought of the day. Well, that was that was homey, and I like that. Was that. Very nice, Brad. Brad that, was, that was that was good. Well thought that was good. out. This, think this, this think about it. The segment's going somewhere. Think about it. You got a future. You know, in, in all honesty, like in China and stuff like that, you know what we consider the Big Dipper? You know right, what it is in China? It's the, the no. big walk. Yeah, it's like the big, it's the big walk. Right. That's really <laughs> wild, man. No, it's like a hippo ridden by like three women. Okay. You know, I mean. I, it's like some kind of fertility symbol or something. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah. Okay, Bill, we're down to your tweet. And you said you had it's two. Fantastic. No, no, no. I, I gave you the choice last week, but this week uh, I'm going to force one on you. We have no choice. Okay. <sighs> Hopefully it's not the last tweet ever. Bill's audio Twitter. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's audio tweet. And I thought I'd try a little something different. Um, so uh, hey, let's uh, let's all do a sing along. Tell you what, I'll start out. I'll uh, give you the example, and then uh, you guys can just join in whenever you feel comfortable with it. Okay, cool. Here we go. Banana, banana, bobana, bobee, bye, bobana, fee, fi, fofana. Banana. <laughs> Pretty fun, huh? Hey, uh, so you guys ready to join in? All right, follow me. Let's go. Chuck, Chuck, Cho, Chuck, Cho, Chi, Chai, Cho, Chuck, Fee, Five. No! 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 Very good. I think you redeemed yourself a little bit. I actually knew where you were going when you started the banana fan song. <laughs> but I like it. I like the no, 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 no. That was Will Forte, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it? The no, no, no? Uh, no, it's actually a, uh, uh, it's actually Norm Hitz because oh, I was, okay. um, I was looking like heck for, um, I want Picard, I want Picard no. I <laughs> mean this one? No! Yeah. Tell you what. Can he you just, just called me. You just send that to me, and uh, okay. I'll, I'll fix it up, and we'll rerun it next episode, and it'll be even better. Chuck. <sighs> what was that? Oh, sorry. I still had it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you can find gold, when you just you keep the microphone going, and then you just yeah. the recorder going, and it's just... <laughs> it's right, not very exciting. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm looking for a... Uh, I need a voice notes application uh, for uh, the Android Voice um, notes? Yeah, I need some kind of voice notes app. There's a uh, there's a native voice notes app on the BlackBerry, which I've used for every tweet I've ever done. There's a voice recorder on here. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a Gmail voice recorder, but I don't know. Huh? Or not Gmail, but G, it's a Google recorder. But okay. I don't know how you get it out. Go, I, to, I, go to all apps. Okay. Go to your apps. You talking about down. the... You talking about this thing here? Yeah. Okay. Go to that. Scroll down. It says voice recorder. Dude, that would make me so happy. Duh. You see I, it? You know, I haven't looked that closely yet. You haven't scrolled hey, that do you far ever, down? Hey, do you ever pull the battery out of this thing? 
on I, I haven't I haven't pulled the battery out of it yet. Well, that's because your your phone last time that was just that was just SOP. <laughs> that was so standard operating procedure. Okay, you need to make well, a call. Let me pop the battery out. I've got, I assume everyone else has to do this in America. Let me pop the battery out again today. I've got voice command, voice search, and voice mail. It's there. It, it just go to marketplace and just. You don't have it. voice recorder. I have voice recorder. Huh. No, I do not. Well, look, if you I go to the Android Marketplace, you can probably All right. Well, well I'm going to go look for uh, a voice, voice recorder. recorder. Right down there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a Google app, too. That's my bad. Good. I think voice is spelled with an O-I, not two I's in a row. Okay. Right. Ladies, are we good? I yes. I think we're good. Uh, I want to invite everyone to go up to the forums for geeks. Look for the uh, um, look for the pin. Uh, what's it called? Sticky at the very top or somewhere yeah. up the top. Uh, where you can read the boilerplate, and we'll play it on the end of our show one time. Just read, the, just follow the instructions on the screen. You can do it yourself. So, how about we say adios? How about we make ourselves a ghost and we say adios? I'm looking good for one, the, dude. There we go. Brad's looking for the music. Yeah, right. that's a good episode. Yeah, I like. It. Thanks for listening to a half hour wasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast. It comes out every Thursday on this same feed. Also, speak of the devil. When does that come out? I'm not 100 percent sure. It's not regular. Okay. Just like me sometimes. Visit our website, <laughs> halfhourwasted.com, like to check out our blogs, the new forum, forums for geeks, photos, and more. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an individual email at Brad, Frank, or Bill at halfhourwasted.com. Visit our sponsor, dcbsservice.com. Remember, until next week, I'm Frank. Brad. Hey, I'm Bill. How you and doing? We'll, we'll see you next week is on Halfhour Hey, is this a good wasted. time for the Fantasy Football Corner? That's a good use of an hour of my time.